RPG for You and Me presents Neon Heat, a duet actual play podcast using the Savage World system in our custom science fantasy setting. Thank you for listening, and welcome back to Caldonics. Previously on Neon Heat, Athena seeks counsel from Silas at the aquarium and finds he's looking well and much more even-keeled. Regulation remains the same machine it always has been, though it's running a bit smoother with his health recovering. Athena confides in him about Zadal's tangled existence and the string of events that happened down in the sentience pit at the Alloy. She realizes through Silas connecting to Lyresha when Joel returned to it, Silas's longing for a place to belong himself seems to have come to the forefront of his mind. A fact that Athena is trying not to overthink. Pickle, could I spend a retroactive Benny to affect the story? I mean, I love when you ask me this question. Please continue. I would really appreciate if Silas could have cast Silence on our blast template area. Okay. It seems yeah. like a smart thing to do, and he's not as paranoid as before it would seem outwardly, but, you know, old habits. Yes, I think that's a very pragmatic and reasonable request. And yes, you may spend a penny to do so. Thanks, Pickle. And I thought you would, but I wanted to get that out. And I don't think, like, I believe you, but I need you to, unless they give consent and they want to find out more in a more cerebral space, we can't. Not if they're going to keep trusting us. Say no more. I understand completely. I, I haven't even looked at Isaac yet. I... I want that trust. I want them to know that I'm one of them. And they can believe that they're safe with me, with you. I want that. I would not abuse that. Well, this is not the roundabout way I expected any of this to happen. This is getting closer to what I was hoping for. Well, Jax didn't want anything to change. Oof. Rolling in graves. <laughs> yeah. He was a selfish prick. That is what everybody says. He has a, an ugly expression on. Like, he he's looked pretty happy and upbeat for the majority of your conversation. You know, as things weave in and out. But now he looks more drawn and dour like he had a few months ago. She punch taps his shoulder. Hey, come on. He then snaps out of it. Yes, he's gone. I'm not going to let him continue controlling our lives from beyond the grave, despite his many attempts. And there were many. And I hope no more. I regret the series of events that took place and my role in the current misfortune our city is facing. But I don't regret making him pay for it. Athena's a little worried. He doesn't say that with any particular... It's more just, like, factual. Like, he's mm -hmm. kind of surprised that he's saying that himself. He's just kind of looking back out through these brain neurons as he swirls the light around. I mean, was it... Was it just for him patching up Joel dropping? 
for removing your friend for I assume plenty more things what else, I mean what what else did he do to you oh there's the broad strokes when Suzette freed me from his influence I was <laughs> Athena Jax was my jaw I know you were betrayed in a similar way by your mentor he didn't trust you enough to tell you what was going on or he decided for you that it wasn't for you to know he didn't let you have the full scope of the picture to make your own choice i didn't have that either and and when we connected ourselves and joel sacrificed himself and we listened to joel and jex talk about what needed to be done and what a danger it was to the city i believed him and i know there's danger but when we were connected and i saw what he was going back to and i felt that presence that connection and then it was taken away along with maybe a piece of me then that's how that's how my friend made it back to me. So, how are they? Well, we're doing quite well. Thank you. That, that's what he took. That's what he patched up. And I don't forgive him for that. I don't think you need to. It's done. Yes. No, Joel didn't want me there, I guess. It's a good thing you weren't. Otherwise, you wouldn't have had the time and energy to unspool this entire clusterfuck the Jex put into place. Thank you, Athena, for everything you've done, for everything you continue to do, for the difference you've made in my life. I wouldn't be here without you. Literally. Yeah, you did get a little kidnapped, huh? He rubs the bridge of his nose again. Yes, speaking of bad dreams. <laughs> Actually, let's not. You know, it turns out I'm so good at untangling all these threads because I have to brush this hair every damn day of my life. <laughs> it looks very healthy. Oh, thank you. You would be astonished at how much conditioner I use. <laughs> oh, conditioning. It all cycles back. Only if you let it. Yes. The mind, please, Drix. Anyway, I'm sorry. What else did you come here to talk to me about, if anything? Well, I did promise to go talk to Benicia tomorrow, uh, about five months ago. I don't know how time works in there, but definitely could be a real long tomorrow. Well, time works however it needs to. It's fine. Don't worry about that. She's fine. She's in a safe is she, place. Is she fine? Yes. I, she's, um... I've never lived I inside a crystal doing, before. She's doing well. As well as can be expected, all things considered. Did, did you need to... Wait. What? He just, like, stops and stares. His eyes are completely vacant. He's just, like, staring off into the distance. The illusion around you just starts to, like, wobble, and then it fades, and you guys are back in the meat space again. Did you know her before? Um, I'm, well, I'm sorry, what? Benicia? Yes. You just made a whole, you just, the, the brain's gone now, and you spaced out. The brain's gone? Well, we're not, like, in the Oh, the, yes, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, I was miles away. Um, I, I didn't know her before, no. But you had, like, this face, like a realize -y kind of oh, face. Oh, I've, I've just had an idea. Oh, wonderful. I love ideas. Love yes, to be a part of them, um, too. Yes, uh, well, it's, um... It, it 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 was about what you said about um the arrow actually in that the it sounds like maybe they're just spectrum and synthetic forms yeah for sure for sure so i was i was just i was thinking that could it then be hypothetically possible to put a different consciousness into an, an, an arrow form you know I asked it all about that the night we left after getting Benicia out of my brain. Really? Yeah. And what did he say? He was very cagey about it because, you know, we'd known each other for two weeks. Sure. But the more and more I learned, the more and more I'm thinking, yeah, probably. He starts to pace 
I can at least talk to them about it. Well, I'm going to have to find a better way to pitch it than uh, this lady tried to murder me and now I feel bad about it. So I'd like to get her a new body. Yeah, please, please don't um, approach them about it yet. That would be ideal. What? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, nothing. No, never mind. What? Uh, Athena's really enjoying <laughs> being the one questioning and not <laughs> just considering alternatives. Like what? As far as the acquisition of a, an aerophone. Like stealing it from one who was alive? Well, no, I wasn't going to kidnap anyone. It was, it was more just... I, I know you've been having um, these run-ins with certain aero that have been causing problems for you. Yeah. Yes. And perhaps, presumably, they've ended up in somewhat fatal states one had okay yes well that's good to know i mean do you want i i i could go ask I, I don't want to put benicia into beale's body oh no i don't think she would like that no i don't know although the purple would be the same as it was which thematically she might enjoy but probably not well, i don't know the lady she didn't know about that and didn't really consent to it so i yeah. don't think she has any personal affinity or need for that it's fine I'll, I'll i'll speak with her i'll see how she feels about the idea it's fine thank you that's very yeah. very useful very helpful yeah i mean if they're attacking people anyway that should be fine that should be fine she says thinking about the <laughs> logistics and morality of this hey benicia you know what you're gonna like about this body i also murdered it <laughs> <laughs> Take a penny for that. That was really good. I think I'll take this Athena one. <laughs> okay. That's all I needed to know. Thank you. Oh, off topic, but on topic. Mm -hmm. uh, Olivier has bunches of uh, sleeper agents in the city that can be triggered at seemingly any point after being very, very normal to do God knows what. Yes, I initiate some sort of heightened psionics, but not exactly what. That's useful and... I'm sure we'll do wonders for my general paranoia. It's done wonders for mine. Yes. Well, you can at least trust your your team. Do you think killing Olivier would wipe that slate clean? Would her influence die with her? Would her triggers die with her? I'm not sure. I know there's precedent for if it is tied to her spectrum, you know, being a prisme. There's precedent with Troya that it could be possible the influence would sever or the power would diminish. But it's also psionics are, are different. And it's it could be, from your description, more like a programming, in which case it might be tied into the the actual Cory network within the individual's body. So it it sounds like it might be perpetuated by their own life force, in which case someone would just need to go in and undo it, which I can't say how complex it might be. My my thought would be, I don't know what limitations she has, if she can only do this to a certain number of people, or if it's implanted and then she forgets about it and goes on with her day, and that's, that's that. So it's difficult to come up with a countermeasure or know exactly how to react to it. I just realized that a whole bunch of people might go crazy when she's finally in the ground. That hadn't even occurred to me because I didn't think there would be this many. That would be problematic. It, 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 it really caught us off guard last time because nobody knew that was going to happen. Would there be any way to like have regulation outfitted with sedatives instead of lethal fucking arms? I think that's a wise step. I'll take measures oh, to geez. ensure they're outfitted with non-lethal paraphernalia. If I may offer a piece of perspective on my account, yeah, I would be inclined to guess that Suzette Olivier is self-absorbed enough and arrogant enough to not plan for the contingency of her own death, because I don't think she believes it's going to happen. Now, that's just a guess I can't say for sure, but from what I do know about her, she's quite conceited in that way. That lines up with what Andelmo was saying. So, well, what you're saying is possible. 
Ideally, we should try to get our hands on someone who's been subjected to our influence so that we can check their brain and see what might be there so we know what we're looking for, and then we can go about sweeping or dismantling it or whatever. I also don't think she took the shotgun approach that Troy did. I think she's much more selective with who she bestows this gift upon. I might have somebody that was exposed. Go on. Chappy motherfucking Dusnick. Chappy Dusnick? What, was he a pickpocket or something? He was. Uh, he would consider himself Joel's rival in all things. So oh, he did pickpocket again and again, time over time. Uh, he was also an aspirant. Currently, he's using the name Sarosky to pass information to Olivier, or at least that is what he was doing until I talked to him a little bit ago. I see. I don't suppose you would want to share any juicy secrets you might have uncovered? Boy, howdy, do I have a few. <laughs> the camera shifts and swirls into the darkness beyond the glass once more to the shape of a small ebony fish tinged with flecks of yellow that swims across the frame and with it changes the scene to that of a dark tunnel. And within that darkness, we see several figures walking in shadow, one of them tinged with glowing red lines. And at the bottom of the screen, we see a message. Two months earlier, we find Athena accompanied by several of her friends, Pavi, Tuka, and Isaac, being led by Hector Reed. Through conversations, you knew that Hector works for the Cald, and that his job is mostly about logistics and facilitation. He transports goods and supplies between the various sites in the mine, between the Nixians for power sources, the Cald for food, and just really anything that's needed. He makes sure he's one of the people that makes sure it gets where it needs to go. So he has sort of the run of the Cassian tunnels here. And when we say Cassian Tunnels, we're talking about one of the inner layers. Mm. So we know that there's the giant door in the actual arena of the shard itself that leads further into the mountain. That's really not the door that leads into the mountain. There's several layers of barrier. Like a cake. Yeah, like a cake. Thank you for the foodstuffs. Oh, you're welcome. In each of those layers, there's another large door that will further buffer the city from possible incursion from the tunnel and a series of sub-tunnels. Well, between that and the Cory barrier wall that Athena definitely probably knew about before <laughs> recent events. So many of these tunnels, especially the closer they are to the city, the more domesticated they are. It's mostly for storage, leisure. There's some living quarters, depending on status and station, that type of thing. It's basically its own little network hub of everything that they would need without going out into the city proper. What did you tell Hector to get him to bring you here? What guise are you here under, if any? Private investigator business, Hector. And this is uh, sanction stuff? Yeah, I talked to the Kassar about it and everything. I assume you have some sort of token that you can, like, probably. I'm pretty sure Tuka's Lizeth my gave token. you. Tuka's my token. <laughs> she, I got her daughter right here. <laughs> she wiggles Tuka's shoulder. Mm. All right. So, uh, what are you looking for? What are you trying to find? Do you know Chappie? Chappie doesn't? Yeah, I just need to know where he hangs out. I got some questions that he knows answers to. And it's, a, you know, it'd make my day really super cool and breezy if you knew where he liked to hang out. Yeah, I know. Why did he do something? Is he in trouble? <laughs> I mean, he's kind of in trouble. That's why he's there to begin with. Oh, he's just kind of in perma-trouble forever just because he's, this, you know, he's just a scamp, isn't he? I mean, I don't know him that well, but he's always been friendly to me. Yeah, I can take it to him. That's no problem. Thank you very much. Hector will point you in the right direction and then move off to finish the rest of his standard work in his shipment. And we can see there's light up ahead that opens into a larger sub-cavern it looks like this is a leisure area. Probably some beds, some tables and chairs scattered around. Just basic accoutrements of living. You know, there's a bookcase with lines of volumes. There's a small radio with what appears to be a hardwired connection that runs back along the cave where you guys are right now. 
A foosball table. <laughs> they don't call it foosball. What do they call it? What, what stupid name do they have here? It's called stick'em. <laughs> I was going with whack'em. <laughs> stick'em. 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 Whack'em. You can hear muffled radio static from up ahead, some voices chattering back and forth, and then the occasional burble of laughter. How many of the voices sound like they're coming through a radio? Most of them. It sounds like there's one that's not. We can put it that way. Can I see in a creep a little bit closer before she turns to the corner, you know? Sure. Just to have a little listen. Sure. What are you listening for? Conversation tidbits. You creep up to the edge of the cave and you're listening to the radio. It sounds like it's a broadcast from the surface. There is some sort of sports announcer narrating a game of fractal, which you remember to be the sport that is played in Toshi in the giant stained glass dome using refracted light. Athena, despite herself, leans forward. And the announcer voice comes through the radio with only a bit of static. Beautiful sunny day topside. We have the honeycombs versus the anvils. Honeycombs are still ahead. And then it's indistinct. Are the honeycombs still playing? Oh, it's a breakaway! Mondragon going for the goal! You see Athena leaning forward ever so slightly. Yeah, we see Pavi in the background throwing up her hands. And then the broadcast cuts out and it's just static. And you just hear a, No! No! Can I roll a stealth to see if Chappie's noticed Athena? Sure, go ahead. It's a four. Chappie got a five. Shit! So maybe in your listening, you've edged forward just a little too far. She leaned against one of the walls a little too much. A bit of pebble skitters across the floor. The cries of despair cut off right away, as well as the sound of the radio. Yeah, if you want to come on out now, I know you're there. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting with bated breath. Come on. Athena stands up and dusts the small bit of rock off of her hip and walks around the corner. She's in her dynamite new jacket. She has no badge because she is not a regulator anymore. Your company of friends follows behind you, allowing you the lead. Chappie Dusnick is much as you remember him. He's of average height. He's a red Axian Karnik with black splotches, almost stripe-like around his body. Very round features and entirely dark eyes. A lithe build, generally speaking, but I think a little bit more hunched than the last time you met. And he definitely has a little bit more of a pot belly than he used to in an orange tracksuit. Damn, Chappie, you must have one of those suits every day of the week. Oh, yeah, he recognizes you. <laughs> well, I'll be scuffed. Milshin. Oh, it's been so long. Oh, you didn't want to come and visit Uncle Chappie? I just, I, uh, what, what, what landed you down here? What was the thing that got you? I don't know. I think I just had enough fur on my sheet and they finally said that's enough. Hmm. (laughs) What are you going to do? Imagine my surprise when I found out Shin was gone. Yeah, imagine. Imagine that. Well, I mean, what's the point of uh, having the fun if there's no one around their fun with What's to stop you from having fun? I mean, you could just walk right out of here. Nobody could stop you. How did they even get you down here? Oh, I mean, I've lived here like my whole life, pretty much. Mostly. I don't really have anywhere else to go. So, I don't know. I'm comfortable here. Why should I? Why should I go? I'm useful. I can do things. I'm paying off my debt to society. I am. You should be thankful on me. Not the only payroll you're on. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not paying at all. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh. Listen, like I said, I'm paying my debt to society. It's more like a deficit. I don't know if you're familiar with like monetary terms or banking. Well, I actually came here to find somebody who might be a little better at that than me. Their name's Soroski. They're about your height, your build... I imagine them with, you know, maybe a different color tracksuit. Would you like to roll me a notice? Yeah. Against his performance? 
Uh, I got a five. Chappy got a seven. Oh, I want to penny it. Go ahead. Damn, no go. No go. Sorosky. That sounds like one of those, uh, one of the fractal people, you know. Oh, like the honeycombs? Yeah. Yeah. I was just, uh, sometimes the signal's good, sometimes it cuts out, you know, uh, sort of a toss-up. And it's just amazing to me that you have a radio hardwired to surface frequencies in these damn dark tunnels. Where'd you get that, Chappy? I mean, that's sort of like part of my allowance for, for being down here. You know, I'm, I'm technically a prisoner, but I'm not, like, tortured by being bored all the time. All right, Chappy, there are a couple ways we could do this. Because oh, my patience is kind of razor of thin. I yeah. would love to hear all of them, please. Athena waves her friends into the room. Oh, there's a lot of you. You're going to tell me everything I want to know about Suzette Olivier. Because I know... Beyond the shadow of a doubt, you've been passing your information. Or we're just gonna we're just gonna start we're just gonna I imagine I said something cooler there. <laughs> she <laughs> says she yes. <laughs> you can take a minute. That's really good one. Does Poppy go? <laughs> can we hear Isaac's hand slapping his forehead? You hear general unrest behind you. Go ahead and make me a persuasion. My persuasion, uh, or intimidate, or whatever, whatever it is you're trying to do here. I think I'll roll an intimidation. Okay. Intimidation, go! It's a four. Okay. He's probably got a pretty good spirit. Uh, he got a five. Damn. Sorry. What? And uh, this uh, Suzette Olivier? Why you? Uh, why you care? What are you looking for information for? Hmm. Because maybe I want out from under a thumb, too. You got a lot of thumbs pressing down on you, and you just got to wait till they go for your eyes. I'd be more worried about thumbs if they could actually touch me. So there's, like, four of you and one of me. What's, uh, what's the deal with the rest of you? What's going on? These all are your, like, go regulate the friends. I don't see any badges. It's sort of not what I expected from you. I'm a private investigator, you see. I've been contracted to figure out a little bit more about this situation that's been going on. Oh. And I could reward you with the reciprocity of information. Or I could wring it out of your little rat neck. Hey. And he puts his hands up. I'm like a calm down. I truly don't know what I've done to deserve all this unwarranted hostility that you're like bringing at me right now. Chappy, oh my god. Lady, I haven't seen you for years. Alright, what do you I don't know what kind of game you're playing here. So you your little private invest I'm sure that makes Shin very happy, by the way. Hmm. Um yeah, I heard he went up to the surface or something and you went and followed him. So you came back. Is he back now too? You didn't bring him along. So doesn't seem like it. He's not back, Chappie. Good. Well, good. That's fine. What is this uh, Suzette Olivier got on you? Hmm? You're on the thumb. What's getting pressed? The lifeblood of a city. Ooh. Oh, right, nebulous, but I like, it's very evocative, you know. Well, you know, I am an aspirant. That's true. Conduit, I remember. And you, you were pretty good. We never got to, you know, do the do the thing, but, you know, <laughs> life gets in the way. Doesn't had, it? Uh, you know, uh, since you was gone, I did get a reprieve on a couple of sort of special occasions to... Uh, a work release? Yeah, I guess you could call it that. I'm good for the crowd to see people like me. They like to see me get hit. I don't get hit very often. But, you know, I can make it look good. I'm very funny. I'm very personable. Is that why Olivier likes you? Grits his teeth a little bit. You are, you are not to be dissuaded, I see. Or did you get to her through Harlan Troya, maybe? Did he scope you out a little bit? Is it the shard a lot? This is so risky. I really want her to use Detect Arcana. Go ahead. If but, you want she, to. but she might explode. She's, yeah, could happen. Can I roll that? If you want to. I want to. Yeah. So my hindrance is Reckless Major. Yeah. 
If I roll failures, bad things happen. Even the most powerful supers lose control of their abilities from time to time. Anytime the character critically fails a roll to activate or use a power, it goes wildly out of control. It affects the wrong target, has the converse effect, or causes massive collateral damage. The exact effect is up to the GM, based on the situation, but it should be memorable and potentially disastrous. Lovely. So, so I just can't fail this, right? You can't critically fail it. Okay. Oh, thank Christ! 14. Oh, wow. Okay. What are you specifically looking for here? I'm looking for any Spectrum Prisme traces in this little bastard. Okay. And how does this power manifest for you right now? Right now, it sort of looks like a purple matte filter goes over her eyes. It would just look like Nakir eyes, you know, if she was a Nakir. So it just eats up the whites of them, glossed over, but not glowy. Just a filter. Your filter snaps on. You can feel a lot of residual power in the area, like not necessarily concentrated in this room, but just being here in the tunnels as you're starting to leave the city a little bit more. You know, there are a lot of power sources nearby. They use a lot of specifically designed technology to try to ward away the wildlife and things that would come closer as just preventative measures, sort of like pylons. There are no significant sources of Cory or energy directly in this room, including Chappie himself, in the way that you're looking for. You can tell that he has Cory, that he's capable of using it. You do know factually that he is a psychologist, based on your previous interactions and his power set and abilities, but you see no trace of Prisme, Spectrum, anything of that kind. Chappie goes to sit down. There's a deck of cards on the table and he just starts to shuffle with them as you guys are talking. Why don't you uh, tell me a little bit more about how Olivier's got the city under her thumb? Hmm? I'm oh. not the one being questioned here. I mean, I just question you. So no, that's I know, not but that's not what's true. happening right now. What are you going to do to me? What can you possibly do to me that hasn't been done already? Are you threatening me? You coming down here? Is that how you turned out after everything Shin taught you? Oh my God. Are you trying to give me a morality lesson? Do you need one? Probably. <laughs> and she lights up her whip. <laughs> Take a minute. Take a minute. Shards and shit, girl. This is really how we're doing it. Thought you and I went back further than that. Yeah, I thought we did too, Chappie. I'm a little hurt about what? I asked you a question. We're having a dialogue. Is she talking to you this way too? He says, looking to your friends. Isaac nods sagely. In the background, we see kind of like the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no <laughs> Like they're all making different <laughs> expressions that are like no, but also yes, kind of. Pavi has pursed her lips. Tuka is looking up and Isaac is... Scratching his ear. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's talk hypothetically. No. If I did know something that you wanted to know, hypothetically, of course, mm -hmm. you know, if I were to disclose such information, maybe it would place me in mortal peril, which, you know, my life is literally the only fucking thing that I've got left. So... You might be more worried about present clear threats in the room than whatever this lady can do to you. No, I don't. I'm sorry. I'm not afraid of you that way. What way? I don't know. You're here to threaten me with bodily harm. That's better than anything else I'd get from her. My body, if you can hurt it, is probably going to get better. If it don't get better, I'm dead. And that's the end. But you know what they can do to your mind? Yeah, I'm acutely fucking aware. What do you think I'm doing? I don't know. You haven't told me anything. You just come in here and threaten me. <sighs> Chappie. Old friend Chappie. Please. Give me information. And maybe I can help you out with this little brain issue of security that you might be having. I don't want to do... The tough stuff. I got two hours of sleep last night, and I just want to go to bed. But I will chase you through these tunnels until I die, if I have to. That's more likely than I think you expect it to be. Carol, a persuasion? Yeah. Is that is that good for persuading? Yeah, go ahead. That's a five. Okay. <sighs> 
he bows the cards in one hand and just shoots them across the room, sprays them out in a small torrent until they're fluttering to the ground, puts his arms behind his head and kicks his legs up onto the table. All right, sister. I've been here for a long time, and uh, things only seem to be getting worse, so even if that's how it ends, I guess it's been a good run, yeah? What do you want to know? And what can you do to help me once this is all over? Well, I could probably help you out of here. I can walk out of here anytime I want, kid. That's not a problem. I can offer you some kind of protection in exchange for information, provided you don't just turn right around. Like, dude, you sold out our way of life. Things are getting worse because of what information you give her. She's got people all over the city. This doesn't just fall on you. But it falls on me to fix this. Don't you want to go to bed and not be scared? I know I do. Can you make me a notice? Yeah. Six. Throughout this entire conversation, Chappie's gaze has been darting around a bit, and you see it flick from you behind you, and you notice that there's one individual that he's been specifically not looking at, and that's Tuca. Really? Yeah. I would like nothing more than for things to go back to the way they used to be. But, um... You know, times change without us wanting them to. Lord, you think I wanted to be doing this? You think I wanted to be in the position that I am? Now you said they get you under their thumb. They use the leverage. They twist you. They find ways to hurt you that ain't physical. So yeah, if you can put a stop to it, that'd be smooth as a Siku for me. Athena looks at Tuka. And bites her lip. Tuka arches a brow ridge at you. What? Athena crosses to the couch, sits down next to him, puts her boots up on the table and crosses her ankles. What information you pass about Tuka's dad? She moves specifically so Tuka would be more visible. And also she's very tired. You hear the slight grinding of teeth and a small huff of air through his nostrils. What could I pass along? Casimir's been dead for years. Then why aren't you looking at her? I want you to. Because I was friends with him. And because I know he went off to the tunnels and never came back. And I have a real hard time believing that was anything but a setup. Athena leans over to Chappie a little bit and whispers just for him. You know, Olivier told me that Casimir died like a coward. And from what I know about him, I don't think that's true. But allegiances, allegiances, allegiances. Maybe you could help me get back at the lady who definitely set that shit up. And we can call it square. I won't tell anybody about you. You don't tell anybody about this. And your problem goes away. You're whispering in Chappie's ear and coward is when he starts to fidget more. And as you're going at the tail end of your comment, he just stands up and he goes to kick the table over, but passes right through it. And he just has this fit of wild swinging where he's trying to hit it, but nothing happens. And then he starts pacing around on the opposite side of the room. Athena stands up and kicks the table over for him. <laughs> he puts a hand over his eye ridges. How did you even get involved in all this? Would you believe me if I said it was an accident? Yeah, I would. I would. What do you, um, what do you know? Not really know. You seem to be pretty candid in front of your crew here. So I assume there's no secrets or something. If we keep information in pockets, we're all going to drown. About what specifically? About Olivier? About Kumatama? <laughs> that face! <laughs> 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 
you basically just like slapped him with words there. His skin tone even blanches a little bit and his eyes flick from you to the others. Uh, you, uh, you've been listening to uh, the fairy tales around here, huh? Listen, I haven't met them face to face, but you remember that fuck him up with Zeev a couple months back? I was, uh, I was told of it. Well, he tapped into some of Kumatama's power sources. That's how he did all that bullshit. So there's a very clear and present danger, especially if this fucker is lashed to something other than itself. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? What do you mean lashed to something other than itself? Why would it be increasing attacks on the city if somebody else wasn't encouraging it? If somebody else wasn't wheedling its way in? Why do you assume that it's attacking the city? What do you mean? What else would it be attacking? Why are you assuming that it's involved at all? Because it fucking is! You tell me what you know. It's your turn. I know that a couple of years back, Alaricorp and all them started moving into the city a little bit more, bit by bit. They'd had, you know, representatives here for years. Cass, well, he was, uh, he'd been here. He was an old hat. He was just like everybody else, you know. He's from the surface, royalty, as I understand it, but he was a good man. And then uh, he went missing in the tunnels. Cass told me one time that things were changing, that the city was going to be changing. Nothing ever more than that, but then he went missing. And then there was that big accident, or a couple of them, I don't know. A lot of people died. A lot of people died. And then the tunnels started getting busier too. And uh, that was around the last time that anyone ever saw or heard of uh, a name you just said. They say it's bad luck, so I don't ruffle feathers that way. Avoiding something on account of bad luck turns into bad news for everybody. This is not a fairy tale. We were fighting yellow-eyed animals in the tunnels. Yeah, no. And Olivier's been trying to kill Tuca for months. So the least thing you could do is honor your friend's memory. She what? Athena just sweeps a hand towards Tuca. Tuca has been standing somewhat silently in the back this whole time. But you turn to her now and her tail is swishing back and forth and she has crossed her arms over her chest. Her eyes are just set in pure fury, staring at Chappie. Teeth gritted, barely holding any kind of silence. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that my life's been online more than once. So if you got anything to add, that'd be like real nice right about now. You heard the lady. Well... Turns out she's a lying bitch after all, ain't she? I, I don't know what I can tell you that's useful. What'd she lie about? That Tuka wouldn't be touched? Yeah. Did you set up? What? You think I had to do with what happened to Kaz? She throws her hands in the air. I don't know, Chappie. You haven't told me anything. How did she get her hooks in you? How did she even find you down here? Was it while you were still just fucking about? I mean, I've been down here for years. It's not exactly a secret. I knew guys. We were friends. We worked in the tunnels together. And then, I don't know, he started getting more distant. And he went and disappeared. And then, maybe mentioned me to her. I don't know, but she came and found me. What a tragedy it was. We lost such a good man. Left behind a daughter. She can help make sure she's taken care of. She's got to tell her things now and then. And I was uh, hard-pressed to think that uh, the Kassar couldn't take care of that, but she made it uh, She made it pretty clear she wasn't asking. I don't know you, miss. I'm sorry. I'm a stranger to you, but your dad was a real nice guy. Real class act. Tuka keeps watching him, her expression unchanged. Yeah, he was. Real bang-up job on that security, let me tell you. I feel real safe all the time. So what information did you pass to Olivier? What kind of things did she ask for? Mostly just things about the tunnels, things I'd seen, things I'd heard. You know, 
basic everyday shit. What supplies were looking like, how their defenses were holding up, what our personnel situation was like, deaths in the tunnels. Sometimes she'd ask me to scope out a specific spot and I'd do it. But I, I just don't think it's anything really major. It's just a lot of small stuff and I tried to make it as little as possible while still giving her what she wanted. I didn't want anyone else to get hurt. But that doesn't really seem like it worked out very well, eh? She got a lot of people working for her. Me long reach. I know there's, there's other people that got... They can do more than your average linked person or psionic. They got some kind of amplifier or... Like an augment? She says knowing full well what it is. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> you think they told me? Enough to make them quite scary. But uh, I know there's some of her agents in the city and there's some here in the tunnel. I don't know exactly, but I know they're around, so I'm... I can't really trust anyone, but and if you are in her employ, then I'm already fucked, so what's it matter? Does that really seem like my brand? No, but you've been gone a long time, and I've been wrong about people before. And you did kind of pull out a whip and threaten me, which is not something I would have expected you to do beforehand anyway. Chappy? Listen, you don't like the truth, don't ask the fucking questions, okay? I gotta tell you, girl, you, you're in real deep on this one. Do whatever it is you gotta do and get out, but this is, this is too big, this is too much. I don't think there's anyone that can just solve this. Well, not by themselves. If they're building a spider web around us, if enough little flies, like, team up, we can probably break at least a strand of the web, and from there it all untangles. Bit by bit, takes time, takes effort. He squints his eyes a little bit following this analogy. And he looks like he's about to speak at one point, but then decides against it. Hmm. Listen, I'm not great at metaphors, but I think you know what I'm talking about. I understand the general message which you are trying to impart to me. I don't know what I can tell you that's actually going to be useful. She doesn't really tell me anything. She gets information. It's usually through dead drops. Maybe sometimes she sends an intermediary. There's no schedule. Someone just shows up out of the shadows and talks to me and then fucks off again. I mean... <laughs> Purple eyes? Yeah, sometimes. Red eyes too? Hmm, maybe once. Mostly the purple. Why, you know him? You know who that is? There are too many of them to count. What do you mean? She has a lot of agents and I don't know their names. Oh, oh okay. Well, Chappie, you don't tell her. I came to see you. Nah. I won't say nothing. Listen, people, we got complicated relationships. Everything's not really cut and dry all the time the way we would like it to be. I mean, look at me and Shin. And I guess me and you now. Look at that. Carrying it on. It's torch, you know. <laughs> I've got emerald. Yeah. His eyes flick to Tuka again and then back to you. I'll tell Joel you said hi if I ever see him again you know you haven't seen him nah he's on an adventure <laughs> well I guess if anyone deserved it he did <sighs> sorry I sunk you into that great I'll see you later Chappie nah it's all part of the fun yeah um you know if you want to come back and check in sometime I'll, I'll be here you know I think I will plops himself back into the chair and folds his arms and sort of stares off into the corner and then looks to Tuka again and then back to the corner. Athena motions to her group of buddies that it's time to get gone, but she puts her arm around Tuka's shoulders, mm. gives her a little shake. You've, uh, you've got the same... Uh, mm. Chappy puts his hand up like to where hair would be. I don't know. It's just... I'm glad she didn't get you. Oh, she's never going to get Tuka. We've never seen somebody move like her. Yeah, well, you take care of yourself, Mr. Dusnick. And we'll take care of the business. Mm hmm As you're making your way out with your friends, when Athena is the last one within sight, Chappie 
tries to catch your vision like in the corner of your eye and then makes some vague gesture let's let's see how this works okay um, <laughs> um, he's like thieves canting at her can you roll me a notice yeah actually roll me a smarts smarts a my smarts. d6 smarts yes your d6 smarts <laughs> that I've never <laughs> yeah up. let's do it five with a basic success clearly he's trying to communicate something to you but not the rest of your group Mm-hmm. And he's not trying to call you back right now, but he's sort of pointing between you and him. And then he points down at the ground. She lingers around the corner for just a second to mouth. What? He does like a slicing on the side of his neck, like no, no, points to you, points to the tunnel, and then makes like an arc with his hand, like with a finger, like does like a little rainbow arc and then points to you again, and then points back down at the ground again. She gives him a thumbs up. She does not know what the fuck he's talking about. (laughs) He gives you a thumbs up back. She turns back and walks out, slightly more befuddled than she thought she would be. A bridge? (laughs) (laughs) You're the bridge between worlds. Oh my god, I'm the Avatar! (laughs) Could I make a request? You may. If Athena fluffs out her hair, perhaps maybe a moth flutters out? A friendly moth that she could perhaps direct to keep an eye on Chappie (laughs) while she she no longer can? Perhaps one who's known to be a little curmudgeonly, but generally helpful? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for that read, I'll let you do it without a penny. Yes! That's a very, I think, reasonable request, given the situation in Athena's canonically fluffy hair. And that she's hit a moth in there many a time. I don't want to throw around terms, but I do remember at one point it was described as a rat's nest. Not the run shade. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying it's true because the character said it. It is much more rat colored this season. Damn, you're right. Athena fluffs it out of the back of her jacket to casually free it while retreating and just says, Please keep an eye out. Sorry, I didn't mean to leave you here. Wasn't the plan. See you later. We see this small moth tumble out and into the air and sort of fidget with its legs in an irritated fashion. And then you just hear the smallest like, as it flits away. Yes. (laughs) It flutters away into the darkness on the bend of the tunnel itself to stay out of sight. The camera starts to pull out of an equally dark spot in a reef in the aquarium. Ooh. And you know how when cameras in VFX shots pull back through a window that they reasonably can't, but it gets all opaque and wobbly for a second, and then you can tell you're not in water anymore because the bubbles are on the inside. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely one of those, but there's like a moray eel, and we see Athena finish gesticulating and flopping her arms back Mm. to her sides with a shrug and says... I think I handled it pretty well. Below you guys, there is a built-up reef. I mean, it's all natural terrain out there. But maybe over time, they've done a little bit of encouraging life forms to live much closer than maybe they had before. So the reef is built up in front of this window, which can then be used. So it's pretty cool. A lot of wildlife and things happening there. And Silas says, If he's been doing that for four years and... There's no exact reason to expect that anything will change unless he does have one of these Suzette Olivier traps in his mind that would trigger upon seeing you or something. I don't know if he has one, but I know I don't I don't think he's a prisma because I, lo- I, I looked at him. It was a, a little risky, but I don't think I, I didn't see anything. So I would put money on some mental interference. He was fucking terrified of her. Yeah, I don't blame him. Well, um, if you can get hold of the trap, I'm sure we can set something up, and I would be more than happy to take a poke around his brain. We should probably go to him. For old time's sake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, well, he's in the mines. He was sentenced there some years ago, I believe. Uh, sentenced is a state of mind for as, him. As sentenced as someone who can walk through walls. Oh, yeah, you haven't met Isaac yet. <laughs> she says it's a joke for herself. God. <laughs> what well, is, uh, how's the rest of your day looking? Because I wouldn't mind talking to Benicia sooner rather than later. Fresh off of Andelmo and questions and 
relations. Mm-hmm. She looks very steadily at him with raised eyebrows and a little bit of a cat face. <clears throat> he reddens a bit. I'm one of the benefits of being the Oculus is that I can set my own schedule. And I've done my best to um, increase my on-hand staff the last few months to allow me that level of autonomy. I will take you to her now, as long as you promise me not to say relations in that way ever again. I can't promise that. (laughs) Oh, Silas, I've been through a lot. Please give me this. Come on. And he puts his arm (laughs) back over your shoulder and we get a shot of you guys walking back down the corridor and out of the aquarium. Hey, Pickle. Hey, Pickle. What's up? I don't know if you know, but pretty auspicious little episode we got here. Is it? Yeah. Why is that? Pray tell. Well, you know how we've been making neon heat for a couple of years now? Yeah, I I do remember that something like that happened. Yeah, it's weird how that happens. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's also our hundredth episode of neon heat specifically. You mean like one zero zero? One zero zero. Wow. We did it. We We made it. We made it. Wow, that's crazy. That's a lot of episodes. That is a lot of episodes. And you guys made it here with us, all of you. Wow. Listening there at home or out on your drives or wherever you happen to be right now. Footnote to this recording, the numbers have been verified. Mm -hmm. Verified, double-checked, stamped, not notarized. Wow, Pickle, that's so many episodes. That is a lot. We've come a long way. That's pretty substantial. Substantial. Considering the sessions that we do are usually twice as long as the episodes that actually come out, I've been playing Athena for like 200 hours minimum. That's pretty crazy. Because some of our episodes are a lot longer than that. You've put in that time playing Athena at the table, but that doesn't include the hundreds or thousands of hours she spent knocking around in your head and so many hours planning stage and all those AMVs. So many AMVs in my head only. That's pretty dang cool. Thanks for building this world and rumbling around. It's my pleasure. It's been very formative. Thank you, everyone listening, for being here, for providing us with your attention, the gift of your support being here on this special journey with all of us on this spaceship earth we can't it's copyrighted (laughs) can't made it up it's fiction didn't happen didn't happen it's the smallest man you've ever seen what happened to the old woman have you gotten your plumbing check have you ever gotten an email what's your perfect sunday as we've done in the past 99 other episodes of neon heat we got some thank yous yeah thank you to crockett and wave shaper for the tunes oh yeah Crockett, you can find at Crockett80s on Twitter and Crockett.bandcamp.com. Waveshaper, you can find at Waveshaper, the number one, dot bandcamp.com and at Waveshaper underscore SWE. You can find us online at Patreon.com slash RPG for you and me. Some of our wonderful patrons, I would love to say thank you to. I know them. Personally? Some of them, yeah. Oh my gosh. Most of them. Thank you to Chase. Valentine, Ezra, and Nakoda. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. And with our updated Patreon tiers, maybe you're going to be hearing a little something from uh, Ezra and Nakoda in the somewhat near future. Yes. On the Patreon feed. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for further details. Patreon.com slash RPG for me. And you know what? Also thank you to Caleb Stunstead, Jackie, Zach, Ben Hatton, Paxton, Gerald, Alex, and Davriel. Thank you, all of you. One and all. Each and every one of you. We love what we do. We're happy to be here and keep doing it. And we're happy you guys are enjoying it. Thank you. Savage Worlds was created by the Pinnacle Entertainment Group. And you can find them and their products online at peginc.com. And thank you to our social media manager, Helming Twitter. Thank you, Jackie Betts. I thought Helming Twitter was the person's name at first. <laughs> like, Helmut. It's like, I didn't realize we'd met a German man because that Helming was like not Twitter. anywhere on my radar. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a surprise to me too. <laughs> wow. Thank, Thank you, you, Jackie. Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> you can find Jackie on Twitter at Good Ship Sarcasm if you want to see some wonderful doodles and art. 
There, we have a lot of it hung up in our recording room. That's true. Most of the art we have hung in here is Jackie That's art. That's true. Yeah. And they're all originals. This makes uh, so good. Well, Pickle, that's a wrap on episode 100 of Neon Heat. Do you have any reflections? I'm just really excited about everything that's changed since we started and everything that's the same and where we're at and where we're going. And it's been a fun ride. We and... started an apartment. I have a wife now. <laughs> <laughs> Life's crazy. I got married, then I got a wife. Things are good. Happy to have the opportunity to keep going, keep growing. Keep glowing. That's our brand, right? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> keep going, keep growing. Go, grow, glow. Damn, that's actually really good. It's not bad. It's really good. Keep going, keep growing, keep glowing. Love you, bitch. <laughs> Obviously not you. Oh, but I'm